0: You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh yeah.
1: Very serious.
2: everybody, here we are back for episode number three of the Mandatory Samson Podcast recording at Stand Up New York Labs in Manhattan, New York City. It's extremely exciting to be back with you. We appreciate all the support we've gotten. I'm joined, as always, by Andrew Andy Genelozzi.
3: I don't really have anything to say to that.
2: Fair enough. And on my right, Joey Noe. Yeah, Joseph Anthony Noe Third. Here he is uh welcome back guys uh what do you think the first couple of weeks i think they've been going great i'm really excited to get into episode three today
3: yeah i've been excited about the turnout we've had so far and uh i don't know it's been much greater than i could have ever imagined so oh 100 awesome. yeah joey what you
0: you excited about super psyched
2: this? yeah every week you just get you like super pumped up that's oh i'm always uh, pumped <laughs> um i want to say this i didn't set myself out here we go. Okay. Uh. Here's, here's something I need you guys to do. If you guys are fans of the show, um, it's critically important. We need you to go on iTunes. We are on iTunes now, officially. Mandatory Sam's podcast yeah, iTunes. is on iTunes. That's right. Die, Steve Jobs. Oh, wait. You already are dead. Fuck you. No. <laughs> go on iTunes. Interesting. It's, it's weird. Go on iTunes. Please rate And subscribe to this podcast. It's really important that we get a bunch of ratings and downloads and all that stuff.
3: Only rate it if it's good, though, if you think it's good. Yeah,
2: give a positive rating. I'd appreciate that.
3: Um, Otherwise, keep it to yourself.
2: It's really important that we get that because for the first eight weeks that a podcast is on iTunes, you have an opportunity to be on the new and and noteworthy Noteworthy. uh, part of iTunes. So if we get a bunch of downloads, get a bunch of ratings, it'll shoot us up that chart, and then we have uh, bigger potential to get a bigger audience, and that'd be really awesome, which is... Why we need you guys to go on and do that for us. We'd love it. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate all the emails, the tweets, the SoundCloud comments. That's great. Um, I got a couple of tweets uh, that I wanted to read because I don't, uh, it's great to hear from people. And I don't, yeah, I don't, but I don't know what they're talking about. This guy, he tweets at me and he goes, I've always thought you were a middle-aged super skinny guy who was like albino and shocked people with his voice. Seriously, big shock to see how you really look. You're cute. Haha. I think a guy he likes said you. that? A guy said that, yeah. Oh. I'll take and I will take it.
3: I don't yeah, care. Yeah, of course. Of course. I don't know what but... that means.
2: Do you guys think that I should look like an albino that shocks people with his voice?
3: I don't think so. I mean, but again, it, maybe it's because I know you. Right. And it, and I, I'm i just used to hearing your voice and seeing you as a person. <laughs> right, but you're I are putting I don't, the two together. I don't get albino, middle-aged albino from you.
2: I don't either. I mean, I'm only 40, so no. <laughs> just take it as a compliment. I take it as a compliment. Joey, put the goddamn microphone close to your mouth. Straighten it out. I know it looks cool, like, angled up, but don't angle it up. Make it horizontal with your mouth. Ma- there you go. Now talk. You happy? Yeah. Oh, everybody in, in uh, whatever iTunes land is going <laughs> to love hearing your beautiful <laughs> voice now. Man. Um Here's the breakdown of what we're going to do today. Joey likes holidays. I love Halloween. He, he loves that. Well, he loves Halloween, I guess, too. He brought a you little should. background or whatever about Halloween. I'm going to let him get into that in a minute. It's going to be a minute. I'll cut him off. But he likes to give a little background about holidays. Then, if you guys remember, if you listened to last week's episode, and if you didn't, please go listen to that and then come back to this. We. Uh, Andy brought an article about this guy, John Coleman, who is a fierce climate change denier. He says it's a hoax. Yeah, it's the biggest scam in the world. And he uh, was the guy that started the Weather Channel. So I said some things co-founder. about him. Co-founder of the Weather Channel. Yeah. So I said some things about him last week, some guesses, and we had a little tete-a-tete about that whole thing. Yeah. And he went into how polar bears and blah, blah, blah. He, it's like a whole bunch of shit. So I, this week, did a bunch of research on John Coleman, and I'm going to pour gasoline on that poor guy and set him on fire during this episode because I debunked basically everything he was saying, and I even got some information about why he would be saying that. So you're going to light him up? Yeah, I'm going to light John Coleman up and it's going to be really enjoyable. We have some other topics that we're going to get to. Um it's going to be a great episode so strap in we got some sound clips. It's going to be amazing. So, but first, the first things first, Halloween is of course this weekend. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. And Joey, you brought a little information, I guess, to get everybody, to get the Samsonites, if you will, oh. uh, excited about the holidays. So, Joey, please go ahead. The Noeites. All right. The
0: Noeites,
3: yeah.
2: So
0: one can No, we're, we're trumping Joey. We're, we're all okay. Samsonites. We're Samsonites. all Samsonites. Samsonites. He doesn't get his own thing.
3: <laughs> he will eventually. All right.
0: no. So I did a little research. I like Halloween, and there are so many different kind of uh, creatures, zombies, vampires, whatever it may be. Right. And I did a little Ghosts research. Ghosts and ghouls. On a famous a Jewish character called named Lilith. Okay. Okay. It's uh, a famous Jewish character. Uh, well, she appears in Judaism. All right. Okay. Her name translated. Oh, ch- is she hot? Uh, she can be. Translated means nightmaster, night hag, or screech owl. Night oh, hag. Night hag. I, like, I <laughs> like the night. Maybe maybe that's what we call this episode. I don't know. The first images. Uh, of her, or from the sixth and sixth century, uh, sixth century right. on bowls and uh, different like amulets. Okay, I like the word amulets. I gotta yeah. s- say. Absolutely. So, in, in a few hundred years after she appeared, she became known to be known as Adam's first wife. According to Jewish law, she was created at the same time and earth as Adam. Okay. This is interesting. But well, what about Eve? Well, I was gonna say that Eve was from Adam's rib. So the story goes that Adam and Lilith were Lilith equals. Lilith is from Adam's dick, no, right? No. That's where it goes. <laughs> Great job, Joey. That's a lot of good reason. No, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they were seen as equals.
2: Well, eventually. Interesting. So, Lilith. So, so wait. I, I'm gonna let you continue, but yeah. I, but I just want to break this down. So Adam has not only Eve, but he also has Lilith. So the first He's couple was six. really a menage a trois. Is this correct? <laughs> so everything that they've been
0: telling you in Christianity is wrong. Uh, in some stories, yes.
2: Oh, but these are the Jews. They're they're trying I, to
3: debunk first this John Coleman, now Christianity. <laughs> everything.
0: Everybody's wrong. Yeah, everything is bullshit. So later on, Love to say, decides to leave Adam and the Garden of Eden. All right. Because she was upset that Adam was always on top. <laughs> really? Well, what? Re- wait, really? Yes. Well, but that, but what?
2: That's okay Adam's submissive. not lazy. He's trying to do it. Mis- why not? Why not get on your back though? Adam, do a little doggy because style. Because she
0: saw whatever. it as submissive yeah, and she shouldn't be. Right. So she well, what's Eve doing him? at the time? Eve wasn't around yet. Oh, she's out there eating apples and shit. No, she just Fucking she comes up snake. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my
0: god. Yeah. This is like a TMZ of the Garden of Eden. And also, <laughs> in some folklores, the snake actually is loth. Oh well, okay, yeah. I could w- see that. In what
2: folklore? Christian folklore is like the fucking Jews are evil yeah, snakes. It's, so. it's,
0: it's, there's a ton of different ones. It appears in Judaism. Uh-huh. Uh, there's Muslim traditions. Well, so what things. does this have to do with Halloween? Well, Halloween. Uh, she in some stories is a succubus. Oh, She's okay. a vampire in others. So she ends up leaving, and she ends up shacking up with an angel of God. Real angel of death, Samuel. Okay. Cool. Now, he's a badass, all right? Yeah. He lives in the seventh um, layer of heaven, right. but he's the clear chief angel of the fifth. So he's Do in charge... Do you understand of how crazy this is? He's in charge of the fifth level Hold of on one heaven. second. What,
2: what's that, Andy? Go ahead. Just what's the matter? Can
3: you hear my mic? You can hear it, right? I can hear you coming through. Why? You're okay. not coming through on the recording? No, I just... It doesn't... Uh
2: Oh, maybe it's just the the thing. I'll raise your your yeah. mic. How's that? Your headphones are getting raised right now.
3: A little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah, yeah. no, that's better. All right, thank you. Go. Go. Sorry.
2: All right, you know what, Joey? Uh, cool. Where are they getting? Okay, so he's he's named the uh, chief captain of the fifth infantry in level seven of heaven. No, 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 no. He hangs out in level seven. Uh huh. <laughs> How much more you got on this? I, I feel like uh, I've had enough. Almost. Okay, that's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing was uh-huh. uh, there was an author named Michael F. Ford. Yeah. He wrote, uh, known for the foundations of the Lucifer path. Yeah. He came up with something known as a uh, Lucian ch- uh, trinity, yeah. consistent of herself, Samuel, and Cain. Okay. And in some stories, Lilith is actually the mother of Cain.
2: Oh, okay, that's and interesting. Okay, yeah, Very good. Go. Okay, well, so there you go. A uh, little bit of background on... Whatever that was about. Good job, really? Joey. So, and everybody, so any, the point is enjoy Halloween. Yes, yeah. I, want, yeah, want. absolutely. Joey loves it. What are you going, uh, what are you dressing up as, Joey? Anonymous. You're going to, oh, you got like a Guy Fawkes mask? Yes, I do. Oh, Is wow, that okay. the name of that mask? Yeah. That yes. they wear? Yes.
3: What, what is that? That's
2: from, um, forget it, was some kind v of like. for re- Vendetta? Yeah, exactly. But it was like, but that was a movie about the rebellion. Yeah, that whole story yeah, okay. is real
3: and that's why they've uh, taken that. Okay, that's the cool. Guy Fawkes. Yeah. What are you doing for Halloween,
0: Joey? Um, I'm gonna be at my friend's place. I'm gonna okay. have a little shindig. Awesome. Very
2: cool. And it's even cooler that you called it a shindig. Yeah. Now here's the thing. We're gonna get up. First one. I said here's the thing. We're gonna get started uh, with a quick, quick uh, Ebola thing because I know Joey's been chomping at the bit to talk about Ebola this whole time. Yeah. Me and Andy both had the same story actually, so we're just gonna get into or like the same idea. Yeah. So we're gonna do that, and then. You know the real main event is going to be uh, getting into the John Coleman thing, but uh, I'll throw it over to Andy. What 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 did you bring to the table on Ebola today?
3: Um, I like like Chris said we basically both had the same story in that um I guess in the US um in different states everybody's just kind of uh playing fast and loose with the rules about how to quarantine people. Right. And uh um, Which is
2: good when you're dealing with the goddamn modern black plague. Let's, exactly. Yeah, like
3: that's a good thing. Let's uh let's make sure there's not one strict like government way of doing things. Right. Let's just let, you know, states decide how they want to do it. But basically um it's just been like in New York, obviously that doctor uh got sick after or started showing symptoms after coming back from West Africa and uh, dealing with all the cases. And um, so basically it's saying some states such as New York and New Jersey have gone as far as quarantining all healthy people returning from working with Ebola patients in West Africa. Others, such as Virginia and Maryland, said they will monitor returning health care workers and only quarantine those who had unprotected contact with uh, patients.
2: Right. Well, and guess what? If you had unprotected uh, contact with patients, you shouldn't be allowed back. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, stay in fucking Africa for twenty days. Like, what do you do? Why? Why would you have unprotected contact with them?
3: Right? Are you, are you insane? And me and you had this conversation a couple of days ago about, um, basically, I don't want to speak for you, but no, no. I think it's okay um, for people coming back from from West Africa and where this is really taking off for them to be quarantined. I think that I think as a person, how could you not understand that you kind of have. You kind of owe it to everybody else to be like, okay, I'll hang for twenty days, right. and uh, and you know make sure I'm not going to spread this to my friends, family, and fellow you know human beings.
2: Yeah, well, sure. And here's here uh, the the <laughs> here's the thing. Whatever. Uh, Obama, I feel like President Barack Obama is he's making it difficult, I, I think, for governors to put out policy because Christie and Cuomo, which is really what the whole like quarantine controversy where it came from They're, they want to quarantine people for 21 days and there was this woman uh, Casey Hickok or something that, was, that came back and she was healthy in New York but they wanted to quarantine her and she was complaining about the inhumane treatment and blah 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 and so they let her go back home and they're just going to monitor there which I okay. guess is fine. The but overall the problem as I see it is that Obama has these people coming back and and de Blasio even said that he's characterizing them all as heroes and it's amazing what they're doing and they should be treated with the utmost respect. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's good that they're going to Africa. We need people over there that are going to treat um you know tr- treat these people that are getting it in Africa and that sure. does actually kind of stem the tide of it coming over to the rest of the world. The the issue for me is why not set up some kind of thing where when these people come back, you put them in absolute comfort. You go, we're going to put aside... We, we put a ton of money into bullshit that we don't need to spend money on. Yeah. Put aside uh, you know, $40 million and say, we're going to put these people up. We're going to make sure they're really comfortable. Set them up with TVs and all that crap. Their family can come visit. Yeah. But you, look, you got to stay there for 21 days. Yeah, it's a quarantine it's, house. I, and, and honestly, I really don't think it's completely necessary to do it because a lot of the people coming back are healthcare workers. They can check their temperature like that guy, Dr. Spencer, or whatever his name was. They, They can do that. And he handled it right. There was nothing wrong with that. New York's prepared. It was fine. But yeah, what is the big deal... Um if you have time to go over to Africa for a couple of weeks you definitely have time to to be to live in comfort here for 21 days get paid whatever. Exactly. That should be a component of it though. And they why, should be comfortable.
3: Right. But. And why can't we put them in like a residence in like a holiday in residency yeah. which you know has the little kitchenette and all that stuff and like they can just hang out for 21 days. Uh, absolutely. Fine. And like and, and you're just I feel like you would be doing a service to to everybody else, to your fellow human beings, to be like, okay, I acknowledge that I, I was dealing with a very deadly disease, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to make sure I'm 100% healthy before I rejoin the fucking populace. Right, it like, just makes sense. It, right? It only yeah. makes sense. Especially like,
2: if you're willing to go over there, you must think it's a real problem, and you're trying to help. So yeah. really help, and just ride it out for three more weeks. It's not a big deal. You know, this Casey Hickok was saying she was treated inhumanely and they kind of treated her like a criminal. Uh, of course, that's absurd. You you yes, need to treat obviously. her like she did something good. She did. Mm-hmm. And then and then take care of her. Make sure she's getting food and let her family come visit. She, she's not a criminal. Nope. But she might be carrying something that could destroy the planet. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't think that's too much to ask. The, uh, I have a Chris Christie quote, who, by the way, I'm not a crazy fan of Chris Christie. No? There's some shit... Uh, we can get into it another time. Yeah, we we right, got an yeah, action-packed yeah. episode. We, we don't do. have time to get into Chris Christie. But a quote that I that he said that I like was, "I don't think you can count on self-monitoring when you're dealing with something as serious as Ebola. This is the government's job." Yes. Agreed. That that is absolutely true and it's really refreshing to hear a Republican say the government has a role in things. Yeah, they do. And this is part of it. So it, look, it's crazy. I think all the hero talk is a little overblown. Obama's out there hugging every fucking Ebola patient. Do you know how crazy it would be if Obama got Ebola? That'd I was, be, just, oh thinking that. I that'd was just thinking that. That would be insane. That would be so uh, that would be so <laughs> interesting. To it's like, oh, the president's going to die, fuck. <laughs> the the other thing I wanted to bring up really quickly is this Dr. Spencer, the guy that was self-monitoring yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He Took all the precautions when he was in Africa. He was wearing the suits. He didn't have unprotected contact with these people. And guess what? He still got Ebola. So you know, we can pretend like it's all under control and we're acting irrationally. Maybe just a little irrational uh, precaution is warranted in this case because let's not let this thing get out of the bag. It's super deadly. Let's let's try to keep it under control. And I don't think it's asking too much to maybe take extra precaution. It's okay.
3: Right. I feel like when dealing with a disease and an extremely, extremely (laughs) deadly disease it's like, okay, let's take a few precautions. Yeah, like, of course. why Why not? Right. <laughs> like, well, because
2: pe- people keep comparing it to the flu, and they're like, the flu is much more contagious. Yeah, but the death rate of the flu is significantly lower, and it really only affects children right. and elderly people that are vulnerable. Right, and
3: it's not fucking 18, 1820 anymore, where, like, the flu and, like, I don't want to mention pneumonia, because that does still kill people like yeah, that. But, but it, elderly but it, but and younger people. I, again, people. Again, vulnerable yeah. people. But, yeah, let's not act like this is isn't as big of a deal as it is. Ebola has been killing people for a long fucking time and and at a very strong rate. So let's not pretend like it is the flu because it's not.
2: No, uh, of course. And on top of that, people are, you know, uh, the CDC or a couple of different people came out articles I read that are saying the the easiest way to stop it is to try to stop it in Africa. And it's important. We don't want to deter people from going over there. It does make sense. But But let's also not pretend in America here that we fucking care that much about what's going on in africa africa's been in turmoil for forever what
3: the past 30 years probably maybe even more than than that that? yeah yeah, way longer you know africa's
2: been a a a big problem let's not act now like the only thing americans care about is the fucking lives of africans if you really care about that it's like get rid of your cell phone because they're in the you know you get little you know
3: why we care about it now is because it's affecting people in america Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the that, first three weeks of this the thing, nobody reason. here got it, right? Of course. Yeah.
2: So, anyway, so that that's my piece on uh, on Ebola. Just relax, and I and I wish Obama would just say, "Look, I'm sorry. It's you know, it's something we need to take care of, and I'm not I'm not willing to risk anybody else in America getting it. Yes. People should still go over there, but just know on your way back, you're going to get a nice three week vacation courtesy of Uncle Sam. Yeah, so Jesus it.
3: Christ, hey, man! Just take it.
2: Yeah. So yeah, what what are you doing?
3: Go take a break, dude. I, I'll I would take that I, three week break in a second. Yeah,
0: well, yeah.
3: I I do love working here, <laughs> John. Not, John, don't and I don't take go, that
0: the wrong I hate way. Going to Ebola in Africa, uh, Joey God. See, I'm in the stance that anyone who comes back from that area, even if they haven't had contact with a confirmed case, should still be put in quarantine. Well, no, that's because crazy. why I risk it?
2: Yeah, because that's crazy. Because if they haven't had any contact with the fun, now now you're just putting everybody from Africa in jail. No, no, weird.
0: no, but 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 the issue is the. The amount of time that it takes to incubate.
2: Yeah, it's 21 days. That's why the three week thing. But that's if you had. Again, it's rare that you're going to get it. But if you're standing next to somebody with it, your odds of getting it are way higher than mine because I'm nowhere near anybody with Ebola, and I'd rather not be. Yep. All right. So great. That's we just solved that problem. So everybody, don't worry about Ebola. We got it under control. Here we go. This is the. I'm very excited about this. I I sit down on. Uh, Wednesday nights I do whatever I'm doing I, I actually finished up doing the weed news graphics last night please go check out the weed news the weed check right it Canada. out please uh, came out really well so I finished that up around 10 o'clock I hung out with my girlfriend for a little bit we ate hung out and then I sat down to do my notes for the mandatory Samson podcast and of course we got into the John Coleman thing last week and I i not going to lie to you, I did a look quite a bit of research on this guy. You did and, it. Yeah, and I feel really good about the information that I have brought to the table today. I went and found a video of John Coleman talking to Megyn Kelly on Fox News, and I guess this is probably the video that sparked the article that you found, right? Yes, it is. Because this guy's been talking about this shit for a while, but yep. now he was on uh, Megyn Kelly. So basically, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give any background on anything. I'm going to let him talk, and as he talks, I'll pause the video, and I can kind of interrupt him with facts and things that he probably wouldn't be, you know, happy about. And light so, him up. yeah. Um, so here we go. This, this opens up with like a couple of, it's like a clip from Megyn Kelly. So of course she opens up with some Obama administration official saying that climate change is dangerous and then they're going to piss on it. So, but anyway, so here we go. This is uh, the Megyn Kelly interview and please enjoy. Poverty, the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction.
1: The reality is The climate change ranks right up there with every single one of them. No nation is immune. We know what we have to do to avoid irreparable harm. And for the sake of future generations, our generation must move toward a global compact to confront a changing climate while we still
4: can. Well, that was Secretary of State John Kerry, and most recently President Obama, at a UN climate change summit. The administration hammering the message that man-made climate change is one of mankind's greatest threats, but our next guest disagrees. John Coleman is the co-founder of the Weather Channel, winner of the American Meteorological That's a tough one. Meteorological Society's <laughs> award for broadcast meteorologist of the year, and he has spent more than 60 years reporting on the weather. John, good to see you tonight. And so upset were you by the claims of man-made global warming that you wrote a letter Um, to the UCLA's Hammer Museum for their forum that was called Tackling Climate Change. And you said you don't have both sides represented. And I'm here to tell you that man-made global climate change is a myth. How can you say that?
2: I'm going to pause it right there and here's why. Because last week when we spoke about it, you brought the guy up and I was like, he must have, you know, uh, a, lot a lot of money and yeah. all this stuff. And yeah. we're going to get into who's backing him, like kind of who he's aligned with and why he might be saying these things. He himself, I was wrong about that, does not have, I guess, like some fortune that he amassed. Yeah. But obviously he has to have some amount of money if he was able to like co-found the Weather Channel, right? So
3: I'd say it's it. it would be fair to say he has an interest in what he's saying. You know of he course, has right. a he has a reason. Well, to be and he does, and I have I have the information. I know, I know why you, you saying do. that,
2: but he. <laughs> Uh, but anyway but just so so we're aware he's not like that article I found that I mentioned last week he's not like a hundred millionaire from no the, no uh, he's not
3: but, and, I, and I didn't want to bring that up then I knew that but I oh, just okay. kind of wanted to yeah, let no, you blow well, off steam because yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see how much it got under your skin I could yeah. see how angry you are right it got now, under my skin and, and
2: you're, you'll find out as we keep going through that it really got under All my right, skin but go. anyway but let's here, here we go John Coleman keep talking you goofy fuck
1: well, it's very easy, but thank you for having me on your program. You know, a climate skeptic can rarely get on TV <laughs> ever since Al Gore made it a plank of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm.
4: And they say and you're Looney Tunes <laughs> if you don't believe, with- believe as he <laughs> yes. does. You bet.
1: And I've been in the TV news organizations now for 60 years, and I only met two Republicans the whole time, and they were both hiding in the closet. <laughs> I mean, God, this, is, this is a tough go for people who don't believe and climate change. Well, we More heard a lot studied- of that from the last
4: even presidential debate. I mean, even some of the Republican candidates up there suggested you are nuts. Remember John Huntsman? If you don't believe in global climate change,
1: well, it's very difficult for anybody to be against it because the media has told the nation over and over again, day after day, for 20 years, that the oceans are rising, the polar bears are dying, the sea, uh, the ice is melting. That storms are going to sweep the earth and that we're all going to die of a heat wave. I mean, this is an incredible bad, bad science.
4: What's your data to the contrary? A professor at
1: UCLA named James Engstrom was very upset that the Hammer Museum Forum was going to not give both sides of the climate debate. So he suggested they should have Willie Soon from Harvard and me uh, join that debate. And, of course, we were turned down. Well I wrote a nice memo to the people at the uh, Hammer Museum and uh, that got picked up by my friends at the Heartland Institute.
2: Okay. So this is the first thing that I re- that I was like, "Ding, here we go." So while I said that he doesn't have any specific t- like uh specific well like oil interest or money to yeah, himself, sure. he mentions the heartland well let me just let, let him finish that sentence. Hold on.
1: Think Tank in Chicago.
2: Okay, they're a conservative th- libertarian think tank in Chicago and he calls them his friends now when somebody's on television and they refer to somebody as their friends you would assume that they have a, an actual relationship with them he's not just name-dropping he's probably uh, basically being paid by the Heartland Foundation to be there and to say these things now what's the Heartland Foundation Institute Chris well the Heartland Institute it was founded in 1984 and basically these are the things that it works on it works on uh, cutting down government spending reducing taxation um, privatizing healthcare, privatizing education. It worked in tobacco policy. What kind mm. of tobacco policy? Well, it worked with Philip Morris to destroy the link between secondhand smoke and cancer. Okay, that, so that's the Heartland Institute. They worked with the tobacco companies to make you think that tobacco smoke is actually better for you than it is.
3: Chesterfield cigarettes do not cause cancer. No.
2: Me. And then that is why we accept them as a, uh, a sponsor because yeah. they don't cause cancer. Right. Thank you. Chesterfield for your support. The, uh, continuing another, uh, thing that the heartland Institute works on is fracking. They are,
1: uh,
2: uh, uh Oh no, They are. um, They work to get uh, natural gas and fracking, and they they want that. They push for that to be the thing that we switch to, which is great. They also work to debunk global warming. Okay, that's one of their stated things that they work on. Uh, They also work in information technology, which is databases. Which I assume they probably have some. They probably like that all our information is being collected because they, you know, all right. And then they also are free market environmentalism. Basically, let the free market decide what we do with the environment because you know. It's, whatever, it'll take care of it. Continuing with the Heartland Institute, some of their funding, and this is where it gets really interesting. Their funding comes from the Koch brothers. Oh, for those of you that don't uh, know, who are worth $115 billion. <laughs> the Koch brothers deal primarily in chemicals, natural gas, plastics, and fertilizers. And
3: just being the two most horrible yeah, fucking human beings on the of planet. garbage on the
2: planet. Right. And, you know, obviously their business is good for the planet, right? They use, deal with net fracking and all this shit. So that's great. They also get funding from ExxonMobil, Philip Morris, Atria, which is like the biggest cigarette thing in the world, GlaxoSmithKline, and Fire just to name a couple, okay? So when this uh, silly old man is sitting on Megyn Kelly acting like he's innocent in the whole thing and he refers to the Heartland Institute as being his friends, these are his friends, the Koch brothers, the natural gas corporations, the people that are for tobacco smoke. Like, Okay, so that's that's who we're dealing with. And on top of that, uh, documents were leaked Uh, Somebody like broke into the Heartland Institute database and found some memos. Two of the memos that I think are really important that we know about um, plans to undercut education on global warming. They they actually had plans in place where they would go in and try to poison the well of information about climate change. So the youth growing up will think that it's not a big deal, even though it fucking definitely is a big deal. But the Heartland Institute wants to make sure that the Koch brothers can continue to make money, of course. Uh, on top of that, they also have payments to climate skeptics, and they fund um, uh, opposition research. So they they find people that might be willing to be skeptics of climate change, and then they fund studies. And then the result of those studies obviously would be what they would want the studies to be. That, yeah. No, screwed, no, there's no yeah. problem here. But they're paying fucking scientists to tell you that climate change isn't real. So that's great. I also wanted to bring up one other thing about the Heartland Institute because it just gives you an idea. Um, There's apparently this controversial uh, billboard campaign that they had in uh, May 2012. And basically, these digital billboards they put up in Chicago, that featured photos of Ted Kaczynski, who's the Unabomber, Charles Manson, Fidel Castro, Osama bin Laden, asking the same question. Uh, They said, I still believe in global warming. Do you? And basically what the point of this was, these guys um, are not scientists and they're all killers and whatever, and they think global warming is real. How could you possibly do that?
3: And so that's... that's the, Yeah, it's insane. That's insane. Why did they choose the Unabomber?
2: Because he's a, cra- uh, like, he be I a get, crazy get I get liberal. that he was
3: crazy because he, oh, he, he, he was a liberal oh because he went crazy
2: potentially because of the lsd shit at harvard yeah it's true and so oh this fucking lefty drug addict who believes in climate you change. know what they do is they try to put out such a uh, crazy volume of things and then they just have to like connect the dots but they're responsible for all those little scattered dots being out there
3: so it's just funny that boom there you go all yeah. right so
2: his friends of the heartland foundation they're the institute they're very very nice people
0: Joey, go ahead. So then he's just basically a wolf in sheep's clothing then.
2: Oh, that's a very good phrase. That's actually what I thought of last night. Yes, he is a wolf in sheep's clothes for sure because he seems like a nice uh, you know, old man who's just like, this is silly that they're... But anyway, we'll continue with this video because he says some other shit that we're going we're gonna to bring up. And here we go.
3: All information coming off of Huffington Post, by the way.
2: Absolutely oh, not. Fun. No bullshit. I'm looking at it. It's Wikipedia, heartland, <laughs> Wikipedia dot org, it's heartland.org.
3: Wikipedia, Fact check. I saw Huffington Post up there, Daily Caller. There's one article uh, from the Huffington uh, Post, I think, at
2: the end, and it's about, uh, it's just about a climate change report that I saw yesterday, but it's them reporting okay. on a report. All right, continue.
3: They put
1: out a press release, and voila, it's been all over the media. Uh, not the mainstream media, of mm-hmm. course. No, of the course internet not. and... But Here what's your data to the country? And, uh, yeah, and soon the Weather Channel will be canceled altogether, and they
4: will push it out of existence since you've taken this position. But, let, but let me, let's get specific, because you talk about how the efforts to prove the theory that carbon dioxide is a significant greenhouse gas and that it's causing significant warming have failed. And yet the data say that carbon dioxide was proven to be a greenhouse gas in the 1957 paper by Roger Revelle. The EPA says it's a greenhouse gas. The scientific community has accepted that it's a greenhouse gas and that the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has gone up since 1958.
1: Well, there are 9,000 PhDs and 31 scientists who have...
2: PhDs are not scientists, just to be clear. 30 scientists, then, is really what he's trying to say. Oh. Right? 9,000 PhDs, that's fine, but they're not out in the field doing anything. They're basically people that just read other research and make points about it. Scientists are who we're actually supposed to be
3: listening to. That's correct? true, that's
2: fair.
1: Okay. Signed a petition that says it is not a significant greenhouse gas... Oh, it's a teeny itsy bitsy greenhouse gas, but it's not in any way significant. And we are sure of it. It's not like something i made up or just thought of. I've studied and studied and studied. And Roger Revelle, the great scientist who wrote that paper back in 1957 with Hans Seuss, changed his mind a decade later and said, wait a minute. I think we were wrong. Don't anybody panic. I don't think there's any global warming.
3: Yes, Andy. Okay. Just one thing that he's never. She keeps asking him for specific examples of specific, things, specific and he doesn't have. Spe- no, pss, he's almost. He's just basically spouting off this like what you were talking Heartland about before. Has two
2: talking points. That's what he does.
3: Well, that's what it is. That's but his he's job. just like, oh, you know, like this. This can't be that, that's, and that can't be that, and like that's why you on, get guy, this
2: doddering blood. old bastard to come on. Because because people that are watching Fox News already obviously have in their mind that climate change is probably not real to begin with. Right. And you get this old, like, gentleman to come on, and he's like, well, come on, these kids are being silly. The, I was going to pause it there anyway because yeah. he brings up Roger Revelle. Roger Revelle is a very famous scientist, and he's actually the one that determined that carbon in the atmosphere was bad, greenhouse gases. He was the one that did all the research on that, and he's a world-renowned scientist. And this guy says that he went back, Ravel went back on what he said about greenhouse gases and, and claims that he, he said that that's not real. He brings up, uh, basically, Ravel taught uh, Al Gore. That was, like, where they became friends. And that's why Al Gore got involved in this whole thing. I want to read a quote from Ravel's daughter, okay, because this this started uh, years ago when Gore was running for president. They brought up Ravel, and they were like, he went back on everything he said bullshit okay and and fuck this guy for slandering a dude who's dead who never said that he okay so anyways so this is what revel's daughter said contrary to george wills al gore's green guilt roger revel our father and the father of the greenhouse effect remained deeply concerned about global warming until his death in july 1991 that same year he wrote quote the scientific base for a greenhouse warming is too uncertain to justify drastic action at this time Will and other critics of Senator Al Gore have seized these words to suggest that Ravel, who was also Al Gore's professor and mentor, renounced his belief in global warming. Nothing could be further from the truth. When Ravel inveighed against, quote, drastic action, he was using that adjective in its literal sense, measures that would cost trillions of dollars. Up until his death, he thought that extreme measures were premature, but he continued to recommend immediate prudent steps to mitigate and delay climatic warming. Some of those steps go well beyond anything Gore or other national politicians have yet to advocate. Ravel proposed a range of approaches to address global warming. Inaction was not one of them. He agreed with the adage, look before you leap, but he never said, sit on your hands. So basically, these fuckers take one thing that he says, a literal thing, do not take drastic action in 1991. And they take that as, well, he didn't think we should do anything about it. He, he went back on everything he said. It's complete bullshit. And interestingly, if you do a little research about uh, our buddy Coleman over here, he's the one that started that comment in 1991. He claims <laughs> that he was hanging out with Ravel in 91. Uh, in San Diego before Ravel died. Oh, man. And he's the guy that put it out there that he changed his mind on it right after Ravel died. So basically, you got this son of a bitch sitting on TV in 2014 claiming that Ravel changed his mind. And the reason that is even out in the public is because of Coleman himself saying that in 1991. So, fuck you. That's so... Like, if you are genuinely doing the research and you're against climate change because you think in the data it's not actually happening... That's one thing. But if you're sitting there distorting the facts, lying about an actual scientist who's dead, you're saying that he changed his mind when he actually didn't, and you're getting paid by an institute that's funded by people that are doing the exact opposite things that we need to be done to keep the climate under control, you're a piece of garbage. And that's what this guy is. I did the research. It's just reality. He's going to go on to say some shit about polar bears, which just simply isn't true in a few minutes. But let's let's let
4: him continue.
1: And that's when Al Gore said he was senile. Al Gore, uh, okay. Saying,
4: Al Gore said he was senile. Okay, so speaking Al Gore, of Al Gore, let's, Al let's Al Gore remind the audience of what Al science. Gore said. Roger
1: Revelle taught it to him. He got a D, and yet he has made a billion dollars <laughs> off of climate change.
2: Al Gore has not made a billion dollars off of climate change. Um, if you go and look, Al Gore was worth $2 million in 2001. He, in 2012, was worth $100 million, which is a lot of money because he invested in... Um, green energy companies which why wouldn't you he's totally entitled to do that he's in the private sector he could invest in that Um, and uh, the movie um, An Inconvenient Truth made $24 million domestic $50 million worldwide. So let's even say that Al Gore got all of that money. That would put Al Gore's net worth in 2012 at $150 million not a billion dollars like this guy's saying. Yeah. So, okay.
3: Maybe a little bit more than that. but.
2: Say it's hard. 300 There's a big difference between $300 million and a billion dollars. That's true. Okay. So, shame <laughs> on stand you, by because I want to play Al, yeah, Al Gore. Yeah, shame on so, you, Al Gore. This is
4: his argument and then you can respond. Listen to him.
1: Starting in 1970... There was a precipitous drop-off in the amount and extent and thickness of the Arctic ice cap. It has diminished by 40% in 40 years. And there are now two major studies showing that within the next 50 to 70 years, in summertime, it will be
4: completely gone. Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I would like to announce tonight to people who uh, are friends of Al Gore's that, whoops, he got that one wrong. The Antarctic ice cap is at an all-time record high in both coverage and thickness.
2: That's true. Uh, What this guy doesn't want you to know is that that there's a logical conclusion why that's the case. Uh, There's an article in the Washington Post uh, called Climate Change is Getting Worse, so why is Antarctica's uh, sea ice expanding? Well, here's the answer. The Southern Annual Mode... Uh, is what they refer to it as every year when the ice uh, melts and then expands. That's what it's called this is the last paragraph of the article but that isn't global warming or is it referring to why the ice sheet would be getting thicker here's the kicker the strengthening of sam over recent decades has been directly linked to human activity since the 1940s ozone depletion and increasing greenhouse gases have caused the westerly winds to intensify and migrate south towards antarctica the net effect of this drives sea ice further north and increases its total extent there is still plenty of great work ahead to improve our understanding and modeling of Antarctica's climate but a basic message is emerging Far from discounting climate change in the Southern Hemisphere, the apparent paradox of Antarctic sea ice is telling us that it is real and that we are contributing to it. The Antarctic canary is alive but its feathers are increasingly wind ruffled. So basically this guy's sitting there just spouting off his nonsense facts that seem uh, because these are the same people that go, well, it's global warming so how come it's so cold? Why is it snowing? Because that's not really what it is. That's why the name of it changed to climate Climate change change. because that's a much more accurate thing. Polar winds and things like that cause climate to change it doesn't mean that everything is going to get hotter it means that some places are going to get extremely cold and some places are going to get extremely hot so this guy's talking about the Antarctic sea ice like see it's getting thicker the ice is getting thicker so how can it be warming well because the wind is changing because of different greenhouse gases it just makes perfect sense if you're willing to take the hour of research that I did last night and just completely debunk it but they're not interested in facts they're not interested in helping us they're interested in making sure that exxon mobil can continue to make money for the next hundred years please continue you lying sack of shit
1: and the arctic ice cap at the north pole is at the highest it has been in several years Same it's in its so-called normal range since we got satellite observations that could measure it so not only is the ice not melting more polar bears are alive and happy today than we've had in 100 years (laughs)
2: well that actually is maybe true maybe not here's here's what i did about uh i did some polar bear research because i knew this was gonna come up and isn't it amazing like you can i brought a sarah palin clip where she was on her facebook page and she's talking about climate change and i think it's worthwhile to listen to it because a lot of the shit that she's saying will kind of match up with this guy's saying in in a way because they use the same keywords which it's weird it's almost like um, there's a group that's sort of like writing out what they're going to say. Yeah. And then they sort of disperse that. Okay. So here's the information on polar bears. The World Wildlife Fund says that there are 22,000 polar bears alive today. Basically, that is more than what they were saying was alive in the 1970s. The reason why, though, is that in the 1970s, the numbers were guesses. They just simply didn't have the tools to correctly estimate how many polar bears there were. out How there. is that possible? Because they just didn't. It was difficult for them to get onto the, ar- the ice shelves. A, because there was a lot more of it and it was a lot more difficult terrain. Now there's actually places where they can land helicopters and shit on grass. Are you sure
3: there was a lot more of it?
2: Uh, oh absolutely yes just stop yeah Uh, then there's an article in the New York Times that says for polar bears a climate change twist and this is where it really gets interesting see they are trying to say that because there's potentially more polar bears now it's because climate change isn't real the two are really have nothing to do with each other in fact climate change might be helping certain populations of polar bears and here's why exposed land has caused uh, land and air animals that polar bears prey on to be around all year they're able to stay up in that environment longer and and feed on plants and things that they wouldn't normally have access to in the winter months. Oh, okay So the polar bears have more things to fucking eat oh. So it's enabling polar bears instead of having to be out on the water on the ice sheets killing seals or whatever they do mm-hmm. Which is becoming increasingly more difficult because there is less ice yeah. They are yeah. actually able to eat some of these birds for now because they're there and uh, you know the polar bears kind of have adapted to uh, You know these other animals that they eat. How are the polar bears longer? killing birds? Because these birds are there year round and they're uh-huh. not, they weren't ever around polar bears as much. Right. So they're there and they're not really aware of when the polar bears are there. So they're eating these plants and whatever, and the polar bears just come over and they fucking grab them and they're able to grab a couple of them. They can sneak up on like these thousands of birds that are hanging out. They
3: grab them with their paws?
2: Yeah. They can catch them with the paw. Po- yeah. Polar bears are very, it's the same as like any bear. They can reach in a stream and like grab a fish or hit a, hit a, uh, a seal or whatever. The polar bear, you know. Polar bears are sneaky animals, right? They're, they're like serious killers, polar bears. So anyway, so if basically the increase in polar bear population is a misnomer, they just didn't really know how many there were in the 70s. They know how many there are now, so they're just guessing. And also, yeah, maybe there are a couple of more polar bears because they're able to eat something that we didn't think they'd be able to eat. But it doesn't fucking mean that climate change isn't real. Let's just finish up this quick clip, and then Man, we can talk Jesus about it
4: for a second.
3: Christ.
1: Life is good. Miss uh, Miss Kelly, I gotta tell you, life is good. Yeah,
4: for you, you getting paid. <laughs> John Colvin, good to see you. Thanks for being here, sir. I hope the Weather, weather Channel survives. Now oh. it's gonna be, it's, it's likely to lose its license. Piece
2: of garbage puts his hands Whoa. up because he got thrown out of the Weather Channel a few years ago. They bought him out because he's probably a kook. So uh, anyway, so he's like, I don't give a fuck if the Weather Channel's still around. All right, so what do you, I mean? What do you guys think about that?
3: I thought it was long.
2: You thought it was long? Yeah. Sorry. Look, that's because that's the problem. It has to be long. You have to break all the shit down because in a five-minute clip, this guy said a million lies. And also, you have to see behind the curtain. Yeah, right. The heartland of is behind... Every time you hear a guy say shit like that, think about who's actually saying it. It's Exxon. It's the Koch brothers. You know, it's whoever has a vested... Interested in it. And I feel vindicated because that's what I said last week. Doesn't mean that everybody that disagrees with climate change is a liar, but it just means that he is. Uh, That was long. We went about 40 something minutes there. I do have a clip of Sarah Palin. We don't have to listen to it. That's fine. It's basically the same stuff, but she's like, we need to focus on natural gas. Like, okay, you're getting paid by the same. All right, whatever. So that's that. If you have something to say about it, that's great. I feel good because I wanted to uh, shut that guy down. Joey, you look relieved. You got him.
0: You let I him do. right I up. I feel good. Yeah, I, I you do got a him. Lot of
2: re- I got him. Yeah. Um, all right, so that I guess that's basically it for me. I don't really... I have some other topics later, but I don't think we're going to have time to get to them. And Joey, you have a Gamergate update, I uh, assume? Yes, I do. All right, yeah. so we'll, we'll finish up with that. We'll finish up strong. Uh, Andy... You kind of have a follow up to something we talked about last week or week one. I don't remember. Uh, and what is that follow up? Yeah, for?
3: it's it's kind of a follow up. Well, last week we were talking about um, the American girls who were going to uh, to join ISIS in uh, Syria and right. stuff like that. And um, this isn't, I guess, this isn't exactly a follow up to that. But um, there's been a lot of a lot of news coming out about how um, women were being treated over in these isis controlled states and um i I don't know this is actually kind of hard to talk about like the the interviews you you watch with these women but basically um uh, hold on one second. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a follow-up, though, because we were talking about these girls that were trying to go over there and join, and some of them got stopped before they get there. But if you have some information about girls that are actually got kidnapped or whatever. Well, or-
3: basically what it is is um, there's a story about this um, girl, this 19-year-old girl. Her name is Jana, J-N-A, J-A-N-A. I'm guessing it's Jana. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, like, about to graduate high school and, you know, had dreams like becoming a doctor, whatever, that's really minor. But um, she basically describes in this interview how the jihadis basically came and, f- like, demanded that members of the Yazidi religious minority come convert to Islam they basically demanded it right then those are the Kurds that's that was those are the Kurds basically
2: why the United States got involved in the whole ISIS thing to begin with because they had them like trapped on a mountain basically and they were doing terrible things to them and the Kurds by the way is who the United States really should be backing in all this because they are a, a Muslim population but they're very um culture they're very into western thought and they want to be part of the world they don't want to uh be extremists yeah. like these people are they're democratic
3: i just basically i want because we talked about how we feel like a lot of people know about isis but they don't they might not know exactly what's going on over there right and so i just want people to know this that basically this girl is telling her story about how they came into her village um they Basically gathered up all the villagers, stripped them of their jewelry, money, cell phones, everything, separated the men from the women, um, basically bust all the men uh, to the outskirts of town, killed every single one of them, shot all of them in basically this, like, fucking mass grave. Right. And uh, And then basically separated the old women and, like, the children from, like, the women who were probably... 15 to 30 basically the, the attractive age. women right. yeah and um and basically just put them all in like a house and uh basically went through and fucking picked them like cattle and we're just like i'll take you you and you and right. now you're my own yeah and it's fucking it's it's tough to talk about like it's it's awful and it's hard to imagine that things like this happen in in our modern world, but it does happen, and I just, you know, I I would hope people would know about this because it's fucking awful.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely something that's worth uh, hearing for sure because uh, even even in the hysteria on the news where people are going off about ISIS and they're so terrible, and they are, um, you know, we see the beheading videos, which are bad, but they don't show the full thing. And right, the real reality is what they're doing to these groups of completely innocent people I mean not that the journalists are guilty in any way but they are far like you can kind of even understand why they would hate those journalists because they're these foreigners coming onto their land and trying to expose what they're doing and whatever right Um, these people are completely innocent and I I think basically what you just said they're bussing them out they're separating them it's the Isis is very has a distinct Nazi vibe to what they're it doing. It does. It absolutely they're, does. They have no uh, moral compass. Nope. They are guided by we want to take over the world. Essentially, is what they want to do. Yes. And uh, yeah, they're they're ruthless basically, and they are they are like Nazis. They, and I think that gets thrown around a lot, but they are. Specifically, the the closest to what I think we've seen Nazism is since you know World War II. I
3: I 100% agree, and I was going to say the same thing. This is the closest thing we've seen to Nazism and how they conducted themselves. This is the closest thing because this is basically the like this is basically it. That's what they're doing. They're following those common practices of right. dividing them up and just basically doing whatever they want and not and not treating them like human beings not not even a thought of treating no, them like no, human not beings all. right just we're gonna do this we're gonna do what we want and that's that yeah and basically and you because you can't do anything about it then you know we get to do what we want to do yeah
0: yeah no it's, uh, it's, it's very fucked up yeah joe you got any thoughts about this i think it's just dis- despicable it's disgusting i just don't understand how another human being can do that to somebody else
2: Well, I think there's elements of hopelessness that's involved with getting to that point. And, like, we talked about the Bill Maher thing in week one where, you know, there's um, certainly different levels of extremism when it comes to all religions, but we're talking about the Muslim religion. Like there's level of, you know, they, they don't come from the greatest place in the world. They're, they're not getting the greatest education. So you put um, an idea of this is the one way to do things. God will reward you for the things you do. And essentially they even bastardize that further. And they say, the more violent you are, the more barbaric you are, the greater the reward, because you're really focused and you're really trying to do what God is telling you, like you're really yeah. in it. So, you know, I mean, there's definitely elements to that. And, um, you know they're just taking it to the the craziest uh, extreme that they could possibly take it to
0: and i do realize that we can't police the world but i think more action has to be taken i but then again how do you do that
2: yeah it's a, i mean well we are doing it because we're bombing them we have given the kurds uh like weapons yeah, we, you we know have. we tried to free them yeah and yeah i don't know i mean that's the thing it it's you're either going to go all in my opinion you're either going to go all in or you're just going to kind of nibble uh, at the crust, which is what we're doing now. We're yeah. not really yeah. doing too much. We drop bombs here and there. They're, you know, these targeted bombs. We don't know really who we're killing. I'm sure we're killing civilians. We're killing the people that we're trying to save. If you really wanted to go in and send a message, you send in 100,000 troops. Yeah. And you go, take no prisoners.
3: But do you want... Town by town. But then do you feel like we... Americans would be like, oh, God, we're fucking doing this again?
2: Yeah, you can't do it. That's the thing. I that, mean, the, y- yeah. the, the, you know, because of the realities of Iraq and Afghanistan, we actually we, can't do it. If that shit didn't happen, I mean, if Iraq and Afghanistan didn't happen, this probably doesn't happen. Yeah, you can't play right? that. This cesspool, this vacuum, right? But they've stepped into the void of, you know, turmoil in the Middle East, which may or may not have been caused by what we Do you think they did. think
3: about that at all? Who? Uh, ISIS. About the fact that um, maybe... We're safe from an American an invasion of American troops because they probably don't want to play that game again. Yeah,
2: I think so. I think they definitely, I mean, that and that's they
3: have to be smart enough. Oh, the no leaders doubt. of it to think about that. At no, least. no doubt
2: about it. They they are smart enough. They, because we in America, obviously, rightfully so, I think vilify Osama bin Laden. He's mm. a terrible person, but. There's no denying he was a very, very intelligent person. Uh, right. Exactly. You know, but yeah. probably a genius to be able to pull off the shit that he pulled off. Right. And so was Hitler. You know, it's like Hitler was a fucking awful piece of garbage, maybe the biggest of all time. Yeah. But he wasn't he was not a dummy. No. And he these was people no are not idiot. dumb either. The ones that are leading the group, the ones that maybe are part of it are not as educated. But they yeah, they know, they know the realities. They're on Twitter. They they put Exa- out these videos. Exactly, like, yeah. They're not disconnected with the modern world. They know enough about it that they know that yeah, the American public is probably not going to support. Yeah. Support a full scale invasion. They know that they could probably sucker us in by doing these uh beheadings and things. But I did read an article actually uh in the Times, I think, about kind of the realities of uh captivity for James Foley and the people's heads they gave off. The ones that Whose governments? Italy, uh, Spain, the ones who were willing to pay them to get their journalists back. Yeah. They, obviously, they didn't cut their heads off. They were they left. Yeah. The United States and England didn't pay, and that's why they cut their heads off because they couldn't get anything for them. Plus, they know that that looks good. They'll look at us. We'll cut your fucking heads off. You know, it's an intimidation thing. But it sends yeah, they, a message. They know we can't go in there really, but we could <laughs> you well, know I that, don't support uh, it necessarily but if you want to go in you could go in with 100,000 troops and in a week you, ISIS would no longer exist that's just a reality well
3: that, that's the other thing like and I, I oh that's a it's, and it, 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 it's a tough it one it is a tough one because part of me likes the idea of listen dude This is fucking America and if you guys if you guys even wanna talk about how you're gonna fucking invade America one day, good fucking luck. Absolutely. Because you guys will be fucking crucified in the goddamn streets. Like there are so many fucking let alone the American soldiers who are out, you know, in fucking in the mix right now in the war, but the ones who are at home who are just like fucking probably chomping at the bit to get a shot at any of these ISIS dudes like Like, right,
2: like, and but, and who wouldn't want to see that that British piece of garbage, ISIS guy that cuts the, their heads off? I'd love to see that guy get curb stomped. But yeah, but you have to, you know, weigh the emotion, which I think is what got us into trouble to begin with—the emotion of 9/11, which is why Bin Laden wanted to do that to begin with. That's he, a really good point. He wanted yeah. to bankrupt us. He want and he t- did a pretty good job so far. Yeah, he wanted to pull us into a war that he knew we probably couldn't win. And, you know, I, that's probably somewhat the strategy of ISIS. You know, it, it's a, I, like everything, it's a super complicated. I'd, li- I'd like to see them get killed, but, it's for, you know, it's probably not going to happen the way we want to see it happen. And it's probably not monetarily or logically a good idea to go in with a, a mass amount of troops, even though they are a, a super evil group.
3: Right. And, um, and even though I feel like with ISIS, because it is a much smaller group... Yeah, I really feel like 10, they're they're kind of trying to suck us in to be like come on like you you know you can fucking squash it like there's that like evil fucking idea behind them to be like we can we can probably suck America back in because they have so much pride and they feel like they can just stomp us out once and for all and we we can drag this out into another fucking 10 year war that is basically just gonna fucking bankrupt them and and drain them morally like we've been doing for the past fucking 11 Uh,
2: absolutely and and you know, I, I, I always go back to it about Iraq, the lessons we learned in Iraq, the way the Bush administration handled it, the way that we tortured people. I read an article in that article where they were talking about James Foley in captivity. Yeah. They were detailing that those guys got waterboarded, yep. that they got tortured. <sighs> but, yeah, it's awful. But guess what? They were using CIA techniques. That they learned from us <laughs> yep. when we were over there yep. uh, in Iraq and we were torturing people, and we still do in Guantanamo Bay. It's another thing we can get into. But like they're using our moral failings against us now.
3: We should have a uh, get Mo' episode. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah.
2: that fucking drives me insane. Yeah. Um, that's a ugh, That's yeah. criminal what we're doing. Yeah. But anyway. But so yeah, a lot like when the United States loses its moral compass, when it doesn't follow the rule of law, it gives people who we are supposedly better than a free shot you know they can do whatever they want and they can say well you did it so yep. we're just going to do that back to you so yeah I mean that's fucked up and uh, I don't know that's just going to keep going for a long time I'm sure um, Joey <sighs> This episode got a little heavy, I feel. Yeah, like. it yeah, did. We're talking about climate change and the Nazis. It's it's going crazy. Yeah. Um, it's only going to get a little crazier.
3: Not going to get a lot of listens on this episode. No, we definitely... Like. No, I think
2: we are. I think... I think uh, I think it's important that we talk about it. I think we're gonna get listens for sure, and I appreciate everybody that is sticking yeah, around. Thank you, yeah, we do. And thank you. Yeah. Um, Joey, we talked about Gamergate last week. Yes, we did. I still don't really fucking understand what's going <laughs> <talking> on. <about Gamergate. laughs> no, I don't either. I promised myself I was not going to do any research about it. I didn't. So anything that I know about Gamergate is going to come from you and whatever research you
0: did. Do you have an update on Gamergate? Uh, yeah, I just have a little things.
2: All right. Yeah. Why don't you let me know what's going on?
0: Have you ever heard of the term of being doxed? No. Uh, y- I-, I have, but go ahead. Okay. Being doxed means having your personal information posted online. Right. Do- okay. Okay. All right. Doxed. Yeah. So somebody was recently doxed, Felicia Day. Okay. Now, you probably don't know who she is, but she's a decent actress known for Supernatural, Outlands, and Eureka. Okay. So she relatively has been quiet about it. Uh, she she loves video games. I would consider her a gamer. So she posted, uh, she wrote a small blog and it was posted online. And this is her quote. I haven't been able to stomach the risk of being afraid to get out of my car on my own driveway because I've expressed an opinion from someone on the internet who didn't agree. She wrote. An hour after she wrote the blog containing that, she was doxxed. Really? Yeah, so it pointed out that you had somebody go out of the way to find her information and post it online. Right. Just because she happened to, no matter what she said to post that online.
2: Yeah. I mean that, and that's fucked up, but like you really shouldn't put people's public information out. I mean, mm. private information out there in the public. Like that, that's not cool. I no, mean, even not- if you, you disagree with her, that's fine. Um, and I, you know, I don't think it's okay to like harass people online, but at least that's, you know it's not a there's not a reality of physical violence then when you're just seeing words when when your address is out there people are mad at you they could actually show up and fucking kill you like or rape you or whatever it is yeah that's no good
0: no it's no good at all and then there was a small thing with adobe
2: okay okay a uh, big fan of Adobe, I use Adobe uh, Photoshop and Adobe After Effects and Adobe Premiere all the time. And so. Adobe Audition. Adobe Audition. Re- We're
3: recording this podcast.
2: Th- th- thank you, Adobe, for yeah, uh, you. helping us do this. Yeah, Go ahead, Joey. Well, what all happened right. with Adobe? Yeah. Tell so us. what
0: happened was there was a website you known as Gawker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adobe w- was featured on Gawker, but isn't an uh, advertiser of the website. All right. So what do you, what do you mean? Um. Well, like, I don't
2: know what you mean, if they're featured, but they're not an advertiser.
0: Gawker, for whatever reason, had the Adobe logo on their website. Okay. So I don't know what context to, but it was up there. Right. So um, they asked them, please remove this. And then they sent a tweet that Adobe stands against bullying. And here is the official release that adobe wrote about gamergate what a brave stance we (laughs) reject all forms of bullying including the harassment of women by individuals associated with gamergate right every human being deserves respect regardless of gender orientation appearance personal hobbies or anything else that makes individuals who they are and i call that covering your ass
2: oh i mean it's of course covering your ass and uh, you know of course they're going to do that the I don't know, man. I still... Do. I, I don't get it. Like, I I, so I, feel like I'm missing something. Like, I feel like I'm still missing something about this fucking Gamergate thing.
3: I, I feel that way, too.
2: Right? What, What is it? What are we missing, Joey? What what are we I, missing? I don't thing? know. This this cl- Zoe... What's her name? Zoe Quinn? Yeah, Zoe Quinn. She's banging people. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the... Mm, I played Depression Quest for about six oh, minutes. Oh, did you really? Did like, you really? It's fucking <laughs> so bad. It's just terrible. I mean, I couldn't even stand it. It's just like this annoying music... And you click around, and it goes, uh, you know, you're feeling depressed today, like the stresses of everyday life, and blah blah blah. And then your options are like, curl up and go to bed, like go out and get. And th- that's not true. I <laughs> promise you, it's true. Did I, would I go to bed every time? Let me see if I link to it somewhere. It's so. Bad. We could pull it up, Joey. Keep, keep talking. Do you have any more information? here? No, no. That that was I it. Didn't I didn't update I, my bookmark. Update on it doesn't matter. Look, if you guys really like, Depression Quest is not worth. it. I don't know. I just don't understand why anybody would care that this game came out or she banged somebody to get it out. That's it is wh- what it that, is. That, it's that's stupid. Who, what
3: I don't get. What? Who cares about this? This chick is I, she? It, I, all right, Joey. Maybe you can answer this for me. Is okay. she like that popular in like in like the gaming industry that it's important?
0: I, I don't think it is I, I i just think there's so much between the harassment of women okay and everything else and then the feminist groups hopping on that no one's given into any context oh okay. so you have a non-context problem right
2: right like that's what it seems like it seems like it was this minor little thing that took place where yeah. this chick gets the game out there for whatever however she got it out. right uh and then, then you all have these, the ethics Right, and then it. people are like, fuck this dumb bitch. And then the feminists are like, do not call her a bitch. And yeah. And, oh, she fucked somebody to get the game out. And they're like, but that doesn't make her a slut. It makes her empowered.
0: And then you have the different video it's, game. But, right?
2: I don't know. I don't <laughs> get what's happening. It's so confusing. We're going to keep at this because we're we'll eventually keep we're going to figure it. it out.
0: Yeah, we're going to figure it yeah. out at some point. <laughs> I,
2: I like doing research this way through Joey uh, in a very convoluted <laughs> way. It <So laughs> makes her a slut. It
0: makes her empowered. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well why is she still depressed we used to have
3: a podcast that talked a lot about that actually
2: yeah we did uh i don't think i'm gonna bring that up right now but maybe another day but yeah there used to be a podcast on this network but they uh they've chosen
0: to go their own way would you be interested in maybe doing a group uh depression quest maybe we would do it for like 10 minutes.
2: i would be interested in doing it i just don't think it'd be interesting enough Enough. maybe all right maybe next week we'll put aside a couple of minutes at the end of the episode i got an idea
3: Okay. Maybe just um, we won't do it on the episode. Maybe we'll just like tape us doing it, and then we'll just get like a little clip of us fucking playing the game or something. Okay. And, uh, and That's no, it's possible. getting all into it. If
0: we don't and, kill ourselves.
3: Yeah. If we don't kill ourselves. No, I'm feeling. And then good. yeah.
0: Um.
2: Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah. I mean, maybe it'd be worth it to play a couple of minutes of Depression Quest. But, um. All right, Joey. So I mean, do you have anything else on that? That's Please. it on that one. All right. You get. You have to keep at it. I'm gonna keep on
0: it i i yeah i mean we I feel confident that within the year we'll figure out what's going on look w- you pick a date and time, and I'll go get a nice post about. I get PowerPoint <laughs> and we' do a PowerPoint presentation no. <laughs> no, 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 that's taking it way too far
3: maybe uh, maybe we should just empty the whiteboard yeah our, our whiteboard board, yeah, studio yeah with all our podcasts up on it and that's how we keep track of everything maybe we just empty it one day and we just let joey have at it make everybody in the office sit down even people in the office who don't <laughs> listen to this <laughs> right. just be like listen we're all gonna understand this once and for all yeah and that's get
2: some, some thumbtacks and some
3: string nice, and yeah. a map oh look <laughs> at your
2: pictures oh, yeah. oh joey's very excited <laughs> about that all right well good good work joey uh, stay on it uh, if anybody else knows anything about fucking Gamergate that maybe we're missing, yeah, email comment. us. Uh, yeah, send us a tweet. You can reach uh, all of us via email. You can send us an email at MandatorySampson at gmail.com. We all, guess what, have Twitter accounts. Mine is at Mansamp. Andy?
3: Is at A, a underscore lozi L-O-Z-Z-I.
0: That's great. Joey, what's your and Twitter? And Joey is Joey from Josie with a Z.
2: J-E-R-Z-E-Y. Uh, you can also, listen guys, if you like this podcast, which I know you do, and we all love that you are listening, we love all the comments we and get thank and everything, you. go on iTunes, please rate this podcast favorably, you could leave a comment, you can subscribe to it, that'd be amazing because we're trying to get up, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we're trying to get up that new and noteworthy chart uh, so we can really expand our, our audience without having to do yeah. uh, much work, so that'd be fucking great.
3: And uh, the girl who uh, went to high school with the cannibal cop, like... Send us a story or something. Like talk to us. Yeah. About
2: what that. was that guy weird? Did he ever yeah. like lick your arm or Yeah. Do <laughs> like tell us about Do you have a it? picture was he with him? just trying to like put salt on your hair once in a while? Um, <laughs> please what let us know this? about that. parsley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'd be great to hear from you. Uh, if you're not gonna go on iTunes, that hurts me deep inside. It's listen. It's my birthday Sunday. If you want to give me a nice birthday, is it really? Yeah, it is.
3: No way. Happy yeah, yeah, birthday. sure is.
2: Uh, if you want to give me a nice birthday gift, that'd be great. Go on rate and subscribe. I'd love it. Can I pop out of a cake for you? uh as long as you're naked so do you're that naked. and then uh otherwise you guys can find us on soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson that's where everything's going to be check out all the other podcasts we have on standupnewyorklabs.com and do me a favor please go check out the weed news i mentioned it before please it's with do Mike Cannon. he's probably awesome gonna be a guest show, on this guys. podcast eventually yeah, he will uh, i do all the graphics on that and edits the sound i mean it's a real team effort over here it is uh so go check that out Go on iTunes, please rate and subscribe. We love you guys. Thank you very much for all the comments, the listens, and we will most assuredly be back next week.